The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. You've got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. Nice winter morning we have. A little bit chilly. This is Financial Food for Thought. We're taping the show on Friday. And this music course, Carrie, is only... Con- Did you watch The Presser? No. I I, 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 don't, I don't watch it anymore. I glance at the headlines. Well, it doesn't surprise me because the, I think President Biden is the... Is he making a new standard that you do press conferences at four o'clock on a business day? I think there's a reason because he doesn't yeah. want people yeah. to watch who's, it. Who's watching? I, I mean, people are, on the East Coast are at work or driving home from work. People on the West Coast, it's, it's after their lunch hour, so you know, and they're working. I think that's deliberate, Mark, because he's terrible. I don't even want to listen to him. He doesn't say anything. Spending package and voting rights legislation are stalled, blocked by your own party after months of negotiation. (laughs) You are only guaranteed control of Washington for one more year before the midterms. Do you need to be more realistic and scale down these priorities in order to get something passed? No. Good. I don't think so. When you say more realistic, I think it's extremely realistic to say to people, because let me back up. Don't, don't back up too far, Joe. I don't want you to fall up. off the podium. He had to back up right away. This country and your networks and others, you spend a lot of time, which I'm glad you do, polling this data, determining where the, what the American people's attitudes are, etc. American people overwhelmingly agree with me on prescription drugs. They overwhelmingly agree with me on the cost of education. They overwhelmingly agree with me on early education. They overwhelmingly go on the list on, on, on child care. And so we just have to make the case of what we're for and what the other team's not for. Look, we knew all along that a lot of this was going to be an uphill fight. And one of, well, one of the things that the whole press presser, he, he would start a, down one path, Carrie, but then he would continue to shift. He does that all the time. He can't and stay it's, on tar- it's, track. It's hard to listen. Which is why I don't. He can't finish a complete thought well it leads the listeners where is he going on this path i don't think joe biden knows where he's going and who made the decision to let him go almost two hours the ways to do this is to make sure we make the contrast as clear as we can and one of the things that i think is we're going to have to do is just make the case i don't think there's anything unrealistic about what we're asking i'm not trying to i'm not asking for castles in the sky well, well, I think what is he saying well, like I, well, I think with four or five trillion dollars which they really wanted you, you probably could buy a castle in the sky for practical things the american people have been asking for for a long time a long time and i think we can get it done was it a long time carrie or not did you say a long time. Okay. You're not going to scale down any of these priorities, but so far that strategy isn't working. You haven't been able to get some of these big legislative ticket oh, I got items two done. Real big ones done, bigger than any president has ever gotten in the first year. But currently, Mr. President, <laughs> your spending oh, package. He, he he gave the little you know Kamala laugh. The, he gave the Kamala cackle there. Did you hear it? No. I, yeah, he gave those those nervous laughs rights legislation they're not going anywhere so that's true is there anything that you are confident you can get signed into law before the midterm election okay this is what i'm waiting for I, right this is like her question five minutes ago right all right so so the question is can where you, is can you get actually anything done is bill back better done 
or is it? Or can you get anything done and, that and, you're saying? And if it is, what are you, what is going to get done? Can, can you give us? Can you throw us a bone here? You know what is what is non-negotiable? You know, is there a deal that you can make with Mansion that every, that all the Democrats? I mean, I keep saying they. I don't think they'll squander, which could be their last chance at a budget reconciliation bill where they can pass it with just fifty votes, because midterms are coming quickly. So, Joe, President Biden, tell us what is going to be in the Build Back Better so maybe we can start planning. Yes, I'm confident we can get uh, pieces, big chunks of the... uh, Big chunks. But I'm saying he says a lot of words without saying much and making no sense. Well, I guess, you know, he likes his tax and spending bills Kind of like I like my chocolate bars, Gary, in big chunks. I, I was like craving a chunky bar while I was trying to, you know, get through this presser. How am I supposed to deal with our clients and say, oh, when they ask me, Mark, what is going to be in the Build Back Better? And I'm and I, my response is big chunks. Build Back Better law signed into law. And I'm confident that we can take the case to the American people that the people they should be voting for who are going to oversee whether the elections, in fact, are legit or not, should what? not be those who are being put up by the Republicans to, to, to Now he's back on voter election. What does that have to do with the Build Back Better? So whether or not we can actually get an election. And by the way, I haven't given up. We haven't finished the vote Here's yet another on what's going on on, on the uh, um, on voting rights and the John Lewis bill and others. But uh, um, so... Look, this is. I I I've been I engaged get a long through time. the hour and twenty five minutes. I don't even try. I don't even try. I tried. I, I really did. Yeah, I don't. I feel like it's a waste of my time. But when and actually that wasn't his his only reference in the hour and forty five minutes of big chunks. He, he used that reference later on because he doesn't remember what exactly he's trying to accomplish. So we'll try to find. We'll try to guess what he means by big chunks. As we go and and, and regardless, and the, it uh, doesn't matter. I mean, I can't control. I can tr- control my vote. I just need to plan for those contingencies for right, potential problems. Here. Well, good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought. We're here every Saturday morning on 1420 a.m. between 9 and 10. We're a financial educational talk program here to give you helpful, informative information about issues that can impact your financial life, whether you're working, you're retired, you're single, you're married, kids, no kids, and concerned about issues like inflation, market volatility, future tax increases, rising health care costs, and knowing what you can spend without running out of money and how much risk you should be taking on. Although we're not investment advisors, our clients do that on their own or they work with an existing investment advisor. We do look at people's assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency. And are you taking on more risk than you need to be okay? And to find that out, do you even know what growth rate you need based on your spending? Um, how long your money's going to last. And that's and we look at financial disruptors like long-term care, premature death of a spouse, whatever that may be in your case or things that you're worried about. We're sponsored by the estate planning team and the estate planning team is an Ohio registered affordable fee-based fiduciary planner. We're traditional financial planners, number crunchers. We do financial modeling so that people not only save money, but are clear on the steps they should take while working and then into retirement and then a effective distribution plan from their IRAs and company plans. So they get more net benefit on and more net spendable dollars and minimize their cumulative taxes and also helping them create the passage that they want to their future heirs. We've been around more than 35 years and we're accredited and A-rated members on the Better Business Bureau, A-rated on Angie's List. You can check out our Google reviews too um, if you want to do some due diligence. And we offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation, which we're offering either by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from our services and if our uh, process is appropriate. And we, although we have comprehensive planning that we help people with the analysis, recommendations, and then step-by-step through implementation, including coordination with other advisors, but also hourly planning for people who 
want help with very specific issues and analysis to get enough number crunching to make sure that they're comfortable and making their financial decisions. And if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, you can call our office at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or you can visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. And our website, you can sign up for our newsletter. You can contact us for a consultation and also listen to previous radio shows by clicking on our podcast link. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So what are the big chunks that may make it into the Build Back Better plan? Well, I think he mentioned a few of them there and then further comments from the White House and the White House staff, including I I heard Brian Deese, who's the U.S. National Economic Council. He was interviewed on Bloomberg and they asked him to to can you give us, you know, what big chunks are, you know, help us out here. And again, you mentioned that the the child tax credit, but that's the one that really blew up the first build back better. And so that's mm-hmm. going to have to be renegotiated. You know, Manchin came out after this presser and said, if we're going to do build back better, we're starting from scratch. We're, we're mm-hmm. starting all over again. But it's also that pre early care, I guess they call it, right? Mm-hmm. You call it, you know. So the, 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 how is the White House defining that? It's kind of like the idea, Carrie, where they're saying that no middle class family, and of course that has yet to be defined. Right. Who's defined, who, you know, a lot of people think they're in the middle class, but they might not be in the middle class according to what the government considers. The right. And class. I think there's a big misperception, a disconnect there where a lot of people think they're in the middle class. But yeah, you're right. The government's definition is not quite what you're thinking. But the idea that no middle class family should have to pay more than 7% of household income on child care. Um, he also mentioned the lower health care costs, specifically prescription drug costs. Well, yeah, I think most Americans are behind that, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, that is, but then he mentions climate change. Ugh. And I, that's a big chunk. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, what he didn't mention much about in, in the presser was inflation. I, I think maybe more Americans today are worried about inflation than they are climate change i i would agree he also didn't say anything about local crime and safety which is a big issue i would think most americans today think that public safety right here in our hometowns is more important than climate change Mm, i agree but we didn't hear much about that how about you know inflation gas prices right well they specifically, you know, what's going to go on? How how much can really the president or even an, a, a political party do about gas prices? And the only response that the White House has is saying we're going to do the same thing that we did earlier. We're going to we can release strategic reserve oil, and we can put pressure on the other countries to produce more. They didn't say anything about we're going to drill more here on our turf, but what? But when they when they went after Brian Deese to say explain what's why that he, he's saying well it, he kind of explained it carries that what the U.S. government is upset about is that some of these other nations aren't really producing what they kind of led the world to believe they would produce. Okay, meaning are they purposely not drilling to drive up the price maybe and certainly we've seen the price go up i don't know what it is that today i think yesterday it was 87 86 87 a barrel can you imagine what's going to happen to the gas at the pump if that goes to 100 dollars a barrel and that is the risk and 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 part of that is so that's opec that's russia not the, and how much negotiating <laughs> Do you think Biden could get done with Russia on oil pricing? I think there's some other issues maybe in between yeah. the, the other walls they have to clear. Anyways, so we'll see. But the question for you at home, listeners, is are you concerned that Biden inflation is going to derail your retirement plan? Or you're spending, if you're already retired, maybe some of your plans. 
Right. So that's either right, Carrie. Well, let's talk about it. It's either one. Is it going to delay your retirement? In other words, if you were planning on retiring in mm-hmm. the near future, in the next three-year window, let's right. say, do you think this rising inflation will keep you from doing that? Or two, if you are already retired, do you have to cut your spending back? Now, we've been talking about inflation on this radio show for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And you can... I think about every show, we, we, I, I'm probably speaking too much about it, but ever since, you know, before the famous transitory, right. you know, we were talking we about We still it. are saying you have to be aware of it, even when inflation was low, it may not be low forever. Right. And the idea is if you're running a financial model, see, that's the beauty of the computer programs today, which quite frankly, your parents didn't have that when they were going through this. When, when the country was going through the last bout of high inflation, it's, it's a 40-year high. And 40 years ago, I don't know how they were trying to figure out whether they could afford inflation. You know, it was back to the... Yes. Uh, you just probably cut expenses. I mean, they had calculators. Or work longer. But, the, but today, we can certainly ask the robot to run various models based on varying levels of inflation. So it leaves you in a decision-making mode as opposed to a knee-jerk reaction, meaning Mm -hmm. I can't retire next year or I can't take that trip to Hawaii that I was planning. So that's what we've been trying to help our clients. And you can go back and listen to our podcast, but let's put some numbers behind that because one of the things that I was mentioning on last week's show was that I'm kind of surprised that there isn't more of an outcry when people who are on Medicare got their new Medicare B premiums this year, and it was a 14.5% increase since from last year. Now, Carrie, you had mentioned, yeah, but when you look at the dollars, it's right. not a game breaker. Right. When you're talking a few, you know, under 20 bucks a month, I'm probably not, that's not, a, I'm probably not thinking, knowing healthcare costs are going up, really thinking about the percentage, I'm going to be looking at the dollar amount coming out of my account. But when you start extrapolating that right. over your whole retirement, the numbers can add up. Right. Or do you believe it's only going to be short term instead of it's not going to go up that much and then level off? Well, you can model that in. Right. Or if you if you are buying in to the hysterical talking heads who are saying inflation's here to stay forever, I think they've stopped saying hyperinflation. So, so may, have you heard anyone recently say? Cause no, every- but I also know when you said that as far as the headlines... Remember, headlines are get you to read the article or keep in mind who's writing the article or who's talking about it. What's their motivation? And that's true about the market, too. A lot of times you read things that scare you, but you can find as many smart economists that say something completely different. So, I mean, sometimes people do get caught in the headlines and get scared and then want to make that quick decision, which is probably not a, or in some cases, it's a bad decision, financial decision. Yeah. And again, we could always go back to and say, don't ask your neighbor if inflation is going to ruin their retirement. Right. You have to kind of sharpen your own elbows and figure out for yourself. Mm -hmm. And. You can use whatever inflation factors you want to use. Right. How bad of a worst case scenario do you want to build in? But at least you know, like Mark, I was talking to a client last week that you had run end of last year an updated plan with higher inflation. And their plan was um, he was going to retire at the end of the year. But because even though he was okay, he decided to work another year. I got an email this week just because he said, I'd rather just in case it goes longer. I don't still don't mind working. I'm going to put in another year because I make good wages just for comfort level. But it's nice to know I could have, but I'm going to make that choice anyway. Right. Sometimes we call that the one more year syndrome. Yeah. And sometimes one more year turns out to five more years. Right. Which Uh, is okay. It is okay. Because if your plan's working and you retire now, I guess that's where sometimes people come in and say, I think I want to retire at this age. Well, run the earliest age. And if you're going to be okay, then certainly if if you're going to work longer, that's even better. Now, so if we if you look at the budget 
or how you would budget for health insurance premiums for your retirement, you have to go beyond just the first year, right? The the point about building an economic model is that you're trying to take a longer range approach. It's very difficult to calculate 20, 25, do I hear 30 years of rising inflated expenses compared to income with the taxes to really know whether you're going to be, you can't do that in your head. So we need the benefit of the robots to try to get us in a position where we can project out using conservative and realistic assumptions or in what we're saying, run different scenarios, best case, worst case type scenarios. So to get started, though, let's say you're, you're trying to build a Medicare budget for retirement. So the new Medicare B premium is $170.10 a month. That's mm-hmm. by the way, that's the fourteen and a half percent increase in the previous year. Right. Now let's say you're also getting a Medicare supplemental. Let's say that's that could be all over the board. We could do Medicare Advantage next, right. where it's low premium, but let's say you're getting Medicare supplemental, let's say 130 a month. So let's say you're a couple. So you've got about a seven thousand today, you got about a seventy two hundred dollar annual bill. Right. For two Medicare Bs and two Medicare supplementals. Now what if we increase that? What if you think that double-digit inflation is here to stay? What if you were still in that camp? Okay. So 10%. You're saying, ah. And, and I'm going to run this 30 years. 65-year-old started Medicare, going to 94. It's going to be ugly. And I'm just going to take that 7200 and I'm going to add 10% a year, compounded, because these are the people who you hear them out there. Right. There's people out there talking on the radio saying double-digit inflation is here to stay. Well, mm, I disagree. I don't um, think people are going to stand for it now, that long. But just for fun, that cumulative amount of expenses you need to budget in over the 30 years is $1,184,000. Absolutely. Now you see how ridiculous that is. Right. So let's get back to more of a realistic number. But what is that? Do you think it's 7%? Mm, I think that's still that's what might we be just high. experienced. Right, this but year. how many years did we experience a lot less before that? Yeah, but see, see, there's people out there thinking that we're at the new; it's never going to go back. So I, I, I'm not right. We're we're like the we're you know the market's always going to be good, or right, then, you can't. Well, right, I, I don't think yeah. anything's going to be one way or another permanently. So at seven percent inflation, the cumulative over thirty years is six hundred eighty thousand. Okay. Now let's get back to realistic. Okay. How about four percent? I okay, that might be a little low for healthcare. Okay, four percent ongoing. It would be four hundred and four thousand. Okay, that's still a shocking number, right? But remember, it's over thirty years. Thirty years. So when people say, "Oh my gosh, how much?" I don't even have that much now. Remember, you're getting income. You're watching your expenses. You're at your productive assets are growing. Hopefully. So what I said on last week's show, you can always go back and listen to the podcast, is that right now we're recommending for clients, I keep an eye on about a 10-year rolling average of the Medicare premium increases, and I'm we're, we're kind of recommending 5.5%. Okay. Um, and what would that be? So at 5.5% over 30 years, that's 522000 Okay. That, friends is a conservative, realistic budget for health insurance and retirement. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't built that in before you started budgeting the Hawaii trips, maybe you got to get that in there first. Now, one way to cut that down dramatically is if you say, Mark, I am not going to go with a Medicare supplemental. I'm going to go with the low, no-cost premium of a Medicare Advantage plan. But also realize if that's fine, but then you also have more out of pocket if something happens. If you're you not see, healthy. If you have chronic health issues, if you're seeing a doctor even to monitor a condition. Yeah, you, you might not have to see any doctor you, may, you want. You know how many people say I'm healthy now? Well, that doesn't mean things don't change. Right. But if we look at that, now that's much lower premium. A lot of times we just, for our clients who haven't gone out and shopped that yet, we say, well, at least budget maybe 32 bucks a month each for like a prescription drug plan. A lot of those, they put you on the Medicare D plan. So now we're looking at not the $7,200 cost for a couple. 
Now we're looking at the annual cost of four thousand eight fifty. Okay. All right. So now running those same numbers. So what would five and a half percent compound inflation after we just booked the fourteen and a half percent increase? You know, for Medicare B for twenty twenty two. Add on five and a half percent ongoing thirty years. Now you're at a cumulative amount of three hundred fifty-one thousand. Okay, a little bit easier to swallow than five hundred twenty-one thousand. Why do you think the majority of baby boomers turning sixty-five going on Medicare more and more every year are choosing Medicare Advantage? Mm. Cost simple. Now, it's the risk here is how much longer can the Medicare Advantage remain right. free? Well, that's. That's beyond my uh, pay grade to know when that answer is. Um, but one, Carrie, that you had kind of alluded to, and another that we have clients using, and, and I'm certainly like the idea too, is let's say you are buying in to that this inflation is much more sticky than what the President Biden and the Federal Reserve you know, bank leaders are saying. But you still don't think that it's going to be at this level forever ongoing, mm-hmm. right? So you could say, uh, Mark, what I want to do, I want to tell the robot, let's use a higher rate of inflation for the next X number of years and then assume it reverts back to the norm, but maybe not all the way back to the 20-year norm of 2%, you know, the Fed's target. Right. And by the way, the Fed's getting a lot of blowback because they're still saying their target out for 2024 is like 2%. Mm. I don't know how many people believe them. It's going to, we're going to be at 2% by 2024. Right. But let's say you want to go back and, 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 and because this is healthcare, we tend to use a higher rate of inflation anyway. Which we always did in right. our plans for our clients than the day-to-day living expenses. Right. We call, and that's one of the ways we say how you can be conservative and realistic. Another one, for example, we could be like college education. We may right. be using a higher rate of inflation right. than the you know, consumer price index, let's say. Um, but anyways, back to the layered. So, so what if you said, well, okay, Mark, what I want to do for the next five years, I want to assume 8%. Okay. Which is that's about the three-year rolling average annualized for Medicare B premium. Okay. Right. So... I think we're going to, that's going to be around for five years. And then after the end of that fifth year, then we revert back to our 5%. Okay. Okay. So what would that cost me? Well, for the Medicare Advantage plan, 8% inflation for the next five years, 5% ongoing after that, cumulative over 30 years, about 369000 See, that's a lot different than looking if it was... 8% ongoing forever, or that ten- number would be 550000 Or the 10% at over a million. <laughs> well, well, that's that's with the Medicare supplemental. Right. So let me get to that. So now I'll give you the numbers for the Medicare. That, the, I just gave yeah, you right. the Medicare Advantage. Right, but I, okay. So the Medicare supplemental, which is more cost. All right, now the 8% for the next five years, and then 5% ongoing, cumulative over 30 years, 547000 so that's more than cut in half, or about cut in half. If you, well, yeah, but let's just say, you, yeah, or if you just wanted to use eight percent every year ongoing, right? It would be eight hundred and sixteen thousand. Okay. Okay. Um, so, but I guess Mark, that's a great example of how we go about planning. And if you're worried about something, you can have different inflations. Um, rates for different kinds of expenses. And that's what we do for our clients when we're building in a realistic conservative model or even running a very conservative, like a worst case scenario so that people understand if this worst case scenario happens, this is how I need to adjust and what do I need to do? And in some cases, even under a worst case, they're still going to be okay. And that's the beauty of planning and doing financial modeling. It's put you in a more comfortable decision, uh, place to make those financial decisions and you can make better informed decisions about what to do with your money and things to do when it comes to your financial life. And the estate planning team offers a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person. You can give us a call at 440-239-2090 or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Listen to Mark Donnelly, Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. And over those decades, Carrie, we've certainly had to deal with explaining to clients how you can run worst-case scenarios 
Because a lot of new clients coming into us don't have that concept. They might have done something on the internet. They might have done the 4% rule. They might have done something quick, but they really, it didn't really put them in a decision-making mode. And it may say this is how much you can spend, but it also didn't tell you how to generate that income for expenses tax efficiently. It didn't take different scenarios that maybe you don't want to follow minimum required that you actually want to take money out sooner. It didn't take into account taxes. But but the big debate right now is still back to the idea is do you believe inflation is going to be with us for a long, long time and that it's going to get worse before it gets better, meaning we haven't peaked out yet? Or are you in the camp that believes no, you think that we maybe we haven't peaked right yet, but maybe we will peak here in the first quarter or certainly by the second half of 2022, we should be seeing inflation subside. Now, it doesn't mean that all the prices are going to go back to where they were prior to the running up an increase, but this is how President Biden spun it when, when the consumer price index came out and then we got that seven handle year over year. See, that's what we're saying that if you looked at a year over year basis, we hadn't peaked out on inflation through December, meaning December of 2020 to December of 2021, inflation was up 7%. Now, from November of 2020 to November 21, it was up 6.8. From October, it was up 6.2. You see that? See, see what I'm saying, Carrie? From a September, it was 5.4. So in August, it was 5.3. So as we closed out 2021, we saw the data saying that inflation year over year is getting higher, meaning we're still climbing the hill. We hadn't got over the hump yet. But how President Biden spun the numbers, he said, yeah, but you're not looking at the right thing. Let's look at the month to month. So, for example, if you look at month to month, August of 2020, it, you know, from, from the previous month right. through August, and prices were up 0.3% for that month. Okay. Okay. In September, they were up 0.4%. Okay. Going up. In October, it was up 0.9%. Right. A bigger jump. Going up. In November, it was down to 0.8%. In December, it was down to 0.5% monthly increase. So you can see that's the hump, right? We we kept on a monthly basis, the price in, it was going up, but then it turned. We, we peaked out in October and then in November and December, we actually saw the month-to-month increases decreasing. So that's what President Biden was trying to get across, was that things may not be as bad as the shock line number that we're at a 7% handle for inflation. Now, it's still the idea, though, what gives you peace of mind to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And one of the things is we said you could sit home on the couch and complain about inflation, or Which I think a lot of people do. <laughs> you think, um, or you can wait for Joe Biden's next presser to see if he talks more about it. He didn't talk much about it in his two-hour one the other day. I actually he talked a little bit about it, but not as much as I think he you know that he should have talked about it, but. Or that you're going to make a knee-jerk reaction and just say, I can't do this thing I was planning on doing because of inflation. And, and maybe you you're just don't know. You're frozen in fear. And that can, you know, that could, that's also we see it happen right. a lot over the years we've been helping clients and new clients coming in to see us. So our recommendation is run a plan. Mm-hmm. Be proactive. Sharpen your elbow. Get your numbers. Have an understanding about how this transitory inflation can impact you. Or are you worrying about something you shouldn't be? Or if you're just using one of the shortcuts, you know, the 10-minute retirement plan, i.e. the 4% rule, you still have to modify that for what you are now think is a new reality, let's say in terms of inflation. So, Carrie, when we ask 
new clients, and we've been doing this for a long, long time, as I said, over 35 years. We, we always get, you know, one of the things we ask early on is just to get a feel, you know, what, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, what do you think are you spending a month, right? And I don't care you, you, if you were, would write a number down. I, I think around here, I mean, like our clients, 6000 is is a very common write mm, I was going to say five. Yeah. I, when I, people without really keeping track. Yeah. I think it's a little bit higher. I'm, I, I would say six. Okay. That's only because I ran my numbers at six, Gary. Okay. Because I was going to say, I was like, I've had people put four or five lower lately. Or people forget to include other things, too. So let's say you, before the 7% inflation we had over the year, you you thought that 6000 was your daily, you know, your living expenses. Obviously, that's 72000 a year, Right. And maybe you had built your original plan, assuming that that was going that six thousand would be going up two or three percent. Well, now it didn't go up two or three percent last year; it went up seven percent. So it's so are you? So what we're suggesting is you may have to restrike your plan based on the latest level of inflation. Mm-hmm. So if you did experience a seven percent, and a lot of you did, we heard about it. You know, mm-hmm. just look at the price of a dozen eggs. Right. <laughs> All right. So if if you were going to be you know looking at that, it, so normally let's say you're using a two percent inflation, so your six thousand last year would be six thousand one twenty this year, but we actually had seven percent, so it's not six thousand one twenty in reality. It's six thousand four twenty in reality, right? Not a huge difference, right? Mm-hmm. On an annual basis, it's a difference between. A two percent inflation, seventy three. Now the seventy two thousand goes up to seventy three thousand four forty, and a seven percent actual, it's actually seventy seven thousand oh forty. That that's four thousand three thirty six hundred, anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, three hundred a month. You may feel that. You might not feel that. But the key, once again, is what have, what are you going to extrapolate? So I agree. You know, we recommend you mark the market. And if you haven't, and if you don't know, restrike your expenses. Now you might not even want to do it yet because we might have not peaked out inflation. Right. So what we're ta- so there's two approaches that we've presented to clients. One is that you you wait until the data says that we have peaked out on inflation, and then strike your new expenses. Then mm-hmm. the other one is saying you can't wait for that because you have to make a retirement decision. In, in, due, in due order here, or you're trying to figure out if you have to cancel that Hawaii trip that you were finally thinking you could take with the coronavirus, you know, clearing up, you can say, Mark, I can't wait for that. Okay, well, take last year's expenses and, and add 7%. I was going to say, or even 10 if you want a cushion. Right. Now, the key is you lay that in as a new starting point, but then what do you do from there? We're back to the same issue. Do you assume 7% every year ongoing? Or for the next three years, five years? Do you assume it's going to revert back? You know, Maybe not all the way to two, but maybe to three? I mean, that would be a huge miss if inflation, if the Fed's still saying that their target is two. In 2024, you said? By 2024, and we never get below three. That's an issue. That is a big miss. That's a big problem. Um, now... But let's say you do want to use three. All right. But how does that, but, you know, I gave you that example earlier on health insurance premiums, but what if you add these differences in all your expenses? All right. So what is that going to cost? So, for example, if we were at 6000 or 72000 a year and we just added 2% inflation for 30 years, can you do that math in your head, Carrie? No. What the cumulative move would be over 30 years? I know, of course not. Uh, it'd be 2979000 Okay? So that's maybe how you originally built your plan, if you built it before this rise in inflation. Now, most people did higher than 2%, so let's say 3%. Okay, so if you assume 3% inflation over 30 years, okay, um, that would be about three million five. Okay, so you would have to, you know, say about three million five. You would have to. That would be that cumulative amount of expenses based on a three percent compound inflation. 
What if you did use 7%? Okay. Well, okay. If, if you use 7%, you can now regress like, well, if you go from three to seven, well, market's going to, you know, is it going to double? Yeah. You know, it's yeah, a, I was going to say it, more it, than double. You know, over, to... over 30 years, it would be 7.277 million. Now we're jumping off bridges, right, Carrie? That, again, that's now, do you want me to give you 10%, Carrie? No. Are you sure? That's too bleak. That's 13 million. I was gonna say that's um, now. So so here's the deal: if you could say, "Well, Mark, I want to use the four percent rule," and and one of the tricks about the four percent rule, Carrie, right, is you know, it, it, is that if you want to go reverse order and just say, "I don't want to to do four percent of some number," in other words, how am I going to say this, Carrie? You can play with the math. You can have fun with right. the math. In other words, some people use the 4% rule and say they're starting with what they need to spend a year. Mm-hmm. And then they say, based on that, using the 4% rule math, what does my nest egg need to be? What's my number? Right. You've heard that before, right? Mm-hmm. What's my number? And so if you were using the 4% rule assumptions, basically, once again, 30-year time period, 5% rate of return, 3.5% inflation. Okay. Meaning okay. also by the end of the 30th year, there's zero. There's zero. A lot of right. people don't get that. So a after lot of people years don't understand alive, that. That means you're broke. Um, <laughs> spending the last dollar and the last day. Now, a lot of people want to do that, right. but a lot of people don't realize that's how bot, uh, Which Benjamin, would be really you know, easy if you knew your last day. Exactly. Um, now, so, it, it, and that's kind of the idea of whether right. the 30 year is the appropriate time period for you. One, you can adjust any of those variables. But back to the fun with math. So the other way to do it is 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 say, well, I'm just going to take what I really need to spend. I know what I need to spend a year and times it by 25. Okay. So let's do the math real quick. You have the million dollars, 4% is 40,000. Right. You could go the other way and say, well, Mark, I don't know what I need as a nest egg or my number. I just know I need 40,000 a year. So you times that by 25 and carry what do you get? A million dollars. So that's a down and dirty way, and that's what people use before robots. Right. Okay, because they could do that with a calculator. All right. So you say, now, so you can say, well, Mark, I guess I have to adjust my financial planning model, even if I still believe, well, based on that math. So if my new number, so, you know, I did have the 7%. So instead of me starting with 73 thousand which would have been what my new you know 72 would have gone to 73,440 if two percent held up okay so using Benjamin's four percent rule you would say you times that by 40 and that'd be uh what a million eight or whatever okay now um you could also say but now i obviously i got to revise that because it, I, I realized 7%. That was a real number to me. Right. So now my new base is $77,040. Instead of the seventy three. Right. So now if you take, you take that times 25, okay, you'd get on 1,926,000. Do you got a calculator there, No. No, okay. Um, that's 1,926,000. But that's still not really... If you think that 7% inflation is sticky. See, that's back to just using Benjamin's 3.5%. Right. You, yes, you made the first correction. Right. You, you laid in the new number, but you used Benjamin's 3.5% inflation in the math that said times that by 25. Well, if you really thought that 7% was ongoing, you, don't, you have to times it not by 25, Carrie. you got to times it by 40. Okay. That's the new math, right? Um, or the, how you would modify if you believe that 7% was ongoing. So now you wouldn't, your nest egg or your number wouldn't be 1,926,000. It would be 3,000,000 and change. A little bit different. Yeah. So again, you, you have to, you know, so... The idea that a lot of people, I think that most of our clients are saying, 
Yeah, that's not realistic, Mark. I really don't believe that when they really look at these numbers. Mm-hmm. So they're back to the, yeah, but I really don't believe everyone who says inflation is going to be at 2% in a couple of years. So what do you believe? And then we put those numbers in. And so let's do this. What if we say, you know, I want to run, you know, 7%, you know, for for the next, um, no, you know, five years, let's say, and then revert back to um, 3%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, we could do it that way. And and say, okay, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to mark the mark. I'm going to use the new, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the new 70, you know, 77,000 number mm-hmm. for the 7% I did. I'm going to assume 7% for five more years. Right. Then I'm going to say it's going to revert back not to two, but to three. Okay. All right. Um, and now, so what is my, how much am I going to accumulate or how much would my cumulative expenses be if you want to look over 20 years? It'd be two point three seven seven million. Okay. If you want to look at over thirty years, it'd be four million two hundred and thirty five thousand. If you want to look at over forty years, it would be six million seven hundred and thirty one thousand. So that's just a way that we can expand and modify some of these old rules, but using today's programs that are more designed to run these different and financial do a, models. And you know what? If you're not running a, a, a more realistic or conservative plan, we find that many people, if you're just painting a rosy picture, this is maybe how I think it is, but maybe you want to take in reality or more conservative, you're going to be more comfortable in actually making this decision to retire or if you're retired or actually or retired or working to spend that money on other things, on discretionary things. And that's what we do is the modeling at the estate planning team, providing people with that objective unbiased analysis. And that was just an example, even with pension elections versus lump sum and um, IRA or company plan, effective distribution planning, Roth conversions, and so much more. And the estate planning team offers a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation. We're happy to do it by phone or in person to show you how our process is different and if it's appropriate for you and how we can help. And we've been helping people around Cleveland more than 35 years. And you can give us a call at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Oh, we have a few minutes left here. Okay. You know, it's interesting, Carrie. Here's when I, remember I said you know, when I was doing the that going over that seven percent increase, and I was coming up with you know one million nine twenty six. Okay. Here's an article that came out recently. Americans think they'll need one point nine million to retire. Hmm. Hmm. Wonder how they got that. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people think it used to be the million, right? Mm-hmm. That's almost no one point nine. I don't think it's enough. But, but here's the point: is why are you trying to base your retirement plan on a headline shock line article? Maybe you ought to do this for yourself. So we lost one of the icons, Carrie. Right? Mm-hmm. Meatloaf. I know that one. Marvin Lee a day, Dallas, Texas born. Right? He, 100 million albums. Wow. He was in 65 movies, including, of course, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Okay. Of course, his debut album in 1977, Bad Out of Hell, right? Right. And you know, there's a big Cleveland connection to that. Do you, you no, I did not know that. Yeah, without Cleveland, you know, there was a, uh, there was a, subsidiary of Epic Records called Cleveland International Music. That's really what got it out the presses. It, the the work and of course Jim Steinman wrote all the songs. 
he get he, he never got as much billing or credit as Meatloaf. Did. I was gonna say I don't even know his name. Well, he was really upset. <laughs> if you remember the Bat Out of Hell cover on the album, no, I don't know it, that, Mark. I know their songs, well, probably the big it's ones. Iconic. It's a motorcycle coming out, you know. But but in the, in the top it says Meatloaf in big fonts, and then little fonts under that songs by Jim Steinman. <laughs> See, Jim thought he was gonna get equal billing. Right. He didn't quite get equal billing. No, not, not, and especially if I, I don't know his name. And he's written a, a lot of songs. I, I mean, Meatloaf, pretty song. But, like, do you know uh, Bonnie Tyler's number one hit, Total Eclipse of the Heart? Yeah. That, that's Steinman's song. Okay. If you think about it, it sounds just like. It could have been on Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. Um, but it, a lot of, so, so what happened was no one, none of the, when they were trying to shop around the album, None of the producers or big executives at the at the uh, you know record companies thought it was any good. Really? You know, you hear that though, some from famous artists where they yeah. got turned down and. I mean, they actually were going to Steinman and, and, and the one guy, Cl- Clive Davis, who was a big name. Oh, I know that name. Yeah, he he heard and said he was he was yelling at at Steinman. He's like, "Do you even know how to write a song?" He was saying, do you know anything about writing? Have you ever listened to pop music? Have you ever even heard of rock and roll music? Ooh, boy, was he wrong. He said, boy, you ought to go go buy some rock and roll records and go home and listen for a while. Uh, I guess that's a good point of never give up your dream, even if you get... And, and Milo said, feedback. and Milo said, Steinman was, he was like a, a, a walking encyclopedia. He knew every rock and roll record ever produced, you know, ever, uh, so, and a lot of people thought the record sounded a lot like Bruce Springsteen. Now, remember, Todd Rundgren actually produced it. Okay. And and and, and uh, Steinman said that, you know, he he was the only genius he ever worked with. Todd Rundgren, he's a, you know. I just got to listen to a song. Listen to this last note he carried. Wow. Beautiful album, beautiful voice, very theatrical. And, you know, Todd Rundgren, and why a lot of it, a lot of, when a lot of people, you know, said it sounded like a Bruce Springsteen. Well, that's maybe not unusual because a lot of Bruce Springsteen's band had a lot to do with the album. Okay. So Roy Bitten, the pianist, played on the, on the record. Uh, Max Weinberg, the drummer, played on the record. And it was actually Steve Van Zant, you know, Springsteen's guitarist, who actually contacted Cleveland International Records when the music was wasn't going and it was never going to be cut and no one was going to cut an album, and said, "Let's cut the album." So I, I could, can I talk next week on a whole hour on Bad Out of Hell, Carrie? No. All right, but anyway, so <laughs> well, heaven doesn't have to wait any longer for you know the rock star. You know, they're welcoming him to true paradise, and here on earth. His music, I think, will live on forever. Get us out of here. All right. We'll call the estate planning team for a free consultation at 440-239-2090 or financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.